I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is the greatest swim team manager of the 1990s, a man who really needs no introduction, the Chief Operating Officer of United States Swimming. Today, we have Mike Unger. Mel, thanks for that. I'm not sure manager that should be on my, any title, but uh, for me at least. But, That's yeah. not on your we did go. We, we did go to St. Petersburg, Russia back in 1994 together. So that was a memorable experience for sure. Perhaps not one of my best representations of Team USA, but I did appreciate swimming in the black waters. Literally, they were the black waters of uh, was St. Petersburg. Yeah, so actually at one point, you won't remember this, uh, but I handed you a water bo- an empty water bottle and said, can you go to the bottom of the pool and fill it up for me? And you did, and you handed me the water bottle. And I had that water bottle for years afterwards. I have no idea where it is now, but the water was not not safe to swim in, but you guys all swam in it anyway. So, uh, well, well, just so people aren't hanging. Uh, so we, sh- we go up to the Goodwill Games, 1994, St. Petersburg. Mike is a team manager. Team managers are, are basically your lifeline to the world. They take care of you because you're walking around as an elite athlete. And, you know, what do you know beyond swimming fast? The water was black and the, and, the, and the competition was delayed. And it was a lot of negotiation. Were you involved in those negotiations, Mike? Actually, I was. Uh, I actually got a call from Ray Essick, our executive director at the time. And he said to me, do not, they're going to want you to all to fly to, from St. Petersburg to Moscow to swim in the Olympic pool. He said, do not get on an Aeroflot plane. You do not want to go that direction. Um, he, and so we were ordered to stay put in St. Petersburg. We delayed the competition one day. The water by that time had went had gone from black to green. Brownish green. Um, what's that? <laughs> Brownish, Brownish green. green. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the colors of the rainbow. Uh, and then we eventually swam in a two-day meet. I, I remember walking over with you, actually, and a couple of others to meet Ted Turner, uh, who was sitting in the stands. Uh, so that was a lot of fun, great experience. With, was Popov swimming at that time? He was. Yeah, if he I was. remember correctly, I, it, 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 he looked at me, and he's like, Melvin, it's, uh, you know, what's the problem? You, you can't swim in the water. It's a little bit, it's got, it, it, like he was, I, it seemed like he was offended we, that we would disdain. He had disdain yeah. towards you. Yes. Yeah. And we listened to the, the, uh, the PA call him Popov. He, he was not Popov as we would call him. It was with a Russian accent. And so, uh, we were like, Oh, that's not how we say his name. So thought that was super interesting. 1994. And Midnight Sun, too, because we had, we had 24 hours of daylight. We were that far north. Now you, are, you have been in the leadership of our dear governing body for, for many, many, many years. Your reputation precedes you. I always try to find somebody who doesn't like you. And it's hard. I can't. I, 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 I try, but I can't find anyone. I'm sure you could ask at home at, some, my, at my house at some point. They, don't, they won't like me. But, yeah, that's. But here's the thing. You, you have a reputation for, um, you know, Full disclosure: We'll we'll do we'll report something on Swim Swam, and it'll, and it'll appear to be like it's a, a big fluff up, 
and uh, we could talk to you and you go, oh, what's going on is we have A, B, and C, and this is what we're doing to work on it, and we'll take care of it, and that's what it is. And it's like, yeah, it's not news. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's like, there's no drama. You just froze. Can you tell you? Just you, froze. Froze. you just you just froze too. So, uh, so I didn't hear what you said. How, how, what is your response to that? Well, um, we want to deal in facts as much as possible. That's that's you know, and, and all the innuendo and other aspects of it really are. Uh, they might be interesting for people to hear, but the facts are the best way to go, and so that's what we try to do. Well, we've got some beautiful facts coming up, and it's in uh, this challenging year, in the pandemic year, uh, USA Swimming has been been marching forward. We've got U.S. Opens coming up, where we're, we're you know you're hosting meets, and there's going to be a goggles. So I would, you you have always been the man in charge at goggles with fifty thousand things to do, fifty thousand hats, and it, I always feel guilty talking to you at goggles because you're always walking fast, but it's uh. It's virtual this year. Give us some insight into why this is a special goggles and, and what, what, what's in store. By the way, the walking fast at a golden goggles is a ploy to not have to talk to anyone. Just go fast and just keep moving at all. Make people think you're busy. But no, uh, this year is a special golden goggles. It's the 17th one. Uh, it is, uh, it's so unusual because we're doing it virtually. And uh, our, our Golden Goggles staff and crew that work on it have watched a stack of other events throughout the year that have been virtual, like the ESPYs and other award-type shows, and tried to learn from that. And one thing we learned was keep it short. Uh, the Golden Goggles this year is going to be relatively short, about an hour and 10 minutes, somewhere in that range, on November 19th at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, but we are doing some special things as part of the show. We don't have a team to honor, which we have always had. Uh, it would have been great to honor the 2020 Olympic team at this, at this event. But um, So we are honoring three, three, three specific things, uh, groups. But, but uh, one is um, the 1980 Olympic team. That's the featured part of this. And the team of 40 years ago that didn't get to compete in Moscow and – and uh, it missed out on so much, uh, many times forgotten in so many ways. And a number of those athletes uh, were on the 76 team or on the 84 team or with Mary T even, and Jill, even on the 88 team. Um, but 20 plus athletes on that team were only on the 1980 Olympic team, didn't get a chance to compete. And that's just, just terrible. It's awful. So we're gonna do our best to honor them. Um, the night before Mel, we're doing on the, on the night of the 18th, uh, also at 8 PM Eastern, we're going to do, we used to do a show called a little, little special called swimming through the decades. And I think you were, you were a part of that one time, um, where we would bring together a bunch of athletes from different sort of eras and, 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 and have rowdy MC and talk through like, what were the, what was it like to be a great athlete at that time? Um, this year we're doing it with the 1980 Olympic team. And so uh, Dan Hicks from NBC, our great, great friend at NBC Sports, has offered to do this for us and host it. And he's going to have six athletes with him. Uh, he'll have Rowdy Gaines. I'm not going to miss one here. He'll have Rowdy Gaines. He'll have uh, Brian Goodell, who is in 76 and 80. He'll have um, Mary T, Mary T. Maher, um, now known as Mary Plant. 
And uh, Tracy Calkins will be in part of that group. And then two special people, Sue Walsh and Craig Beardsley, who I know Beards is, a, is a, in your world of 200 Fly is a, is a big influence, but um, they're going to come together. What? What was that? Craig Beardsley, 15801 world record in the 200 meter butterfly. I just want to drop my, my swim knowledge since you know everybody's time to the 100th. Well, and so, but having Sue and Craig as part of this group is really awesome. Uh, and they'll, uh, and Dan, Dan is, is, is uh, as, as I said, graciously accepted or agreed to host with us. So it's going to be a really fun hour um, that people will be able to watch on the USA Swimming website uh, November 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's a good thing. That's, that's a good way for us to honor uh, um, the 1980 team. Um, we'll also, we're doing, we're doing a bunch of other fun stuff around that. Um, the, uh, John Moffitt is helping us out and producing a piece about the 80 team. And he was on that team. Um, he's got a great, um, um, great history and, and uh, also great experience of working on the amazing race for a number of times, a number of years. So that's, that's the feature of, of uh, that night. We're doing a couple of things too, uh, if you want to know. We, I absolutely want to know. All right. I don't know if you want me to go on too long or not. No, no, no. Let's, let's do a recap. So what we have here is we have November, 8, November 18th at 8 p.m. You're streaming with Dan Hicks through the, as your host through the decades. Well, we're not calling it decades. It's, a, it's just a panel discussion with the 1980 Olympic team. There we go. Honoring our Olympians. Honoring, that's honoring what we're calling Olympians. it. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, this is, and then November 19th, 8 p.m., streaming golden goggles 8 p.m eastern standard time and that's going that's to right. be and it's just usaswimming.org if i want to, if i go to usaswimming.org while i'll be watching that's ex it. exactly right usaswimming.org it's free um it doesn't cost anybody to watch we are going to be asking for some donations throughout the show it's not it's not like a telethon but but uh, golden goggles is a, is a fundraiser and we're going to be raising money this year to honor our swim clubs that are in dire straits right now because of covid um and also uh, supporting our national team athletes that have also had to put their their uh, competitions on hold for for so long. So, uh, a couple of areas that we're really trying to focus, raise some, raise some funds this year. What's, what what else is in store? You said there was more. So uh, we are honoring John Urbanchik, retiring after sixty plus years as a coach. Um, so John will be uh, one of the honorees of the evening. We are honoring frontline workers. Uh, we have a stack of them uh, in the medical world in particular. That's what we're looking at and um, have some features on, on some of those people. And then we're gonna be looking at some of our swim clubs and what they've done to kind of regroup and stay in the business and get back to work. So it should be a fun hour. And we've got some interesting, um, we've actually tabbed a couple of our, um, our past entertainment components of Golden Goggles to come back and help us. So um, our host last year, Matthew Broussard, is going to come back and do something fun with us. Um, Richard Kind, the actor and comedian, is doing something fun with us. So we have got some. We kind of intermixed some, interspersed some, some, some uh, lighter touches into the hour. And, and Matthew is the not the significant other, but but somewhat significant of Laura Sogar. Sogar. Laura Sogar, that's right. And, 2013 NCAA champ in the 200 breaststroke from Lane One. That's right. And, and I was at Goggles when he performed and I'd seen his stand up and, and I was sitting at her table and she was there like with just, she was on it every second. Uh, we, we were laughing. He had us in stitches and I noticed that she was watching him like a swimming coach. And when it was over, their heads went together and uh, I'm, I'm assuming they were talking about timing and delivery, but 
it's uh, that was really interesting to see that to see that to see that you know to kind of witness that moment. I had a great table going golf. Had her, had Elizabeth Beisel. Once you have Elizabeth Beisel at your table, it's basically a win. Well, and Beisel, Beisel and Laura are, grew up swimming for, for Chuck Batchelor uh, at Bluefish, and so they're best of best buds. Um, it was super interesting the night before. Uh, Matthew did a uh, – did you go to the – there was an open water at the Myers house, and a wonderful little reception they had, and he did about a five, seven-minute little stand-up bit, and he, he killed it. He was on fire. And, uh, and the next night, about five minutes before he went on, he looked out, and he saw 600 people and he was like, holy cow. <laughs> you know, he had performed for you know, comedy clubs um, for years, but not before 600 people. It was, it was a different experience. He did great. He did great. Now he's fantastic. And as for some insider information, I will say that the private event had a little more edge to it. And the event, <laughs> the event for everybody, the six, for everyone, you know, at, at the goggles, a little more, PG Disney esque, both, both very entertaining. Yeah, there was a PG thirteen angle to the first night, maybe, and, and a PG yeah. to the second night. So yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. right. He yes. delivered. He delivered both ways. Yeah, that's right. So in in, in terms of if if no one has ever experienced goggles, and, and if you really, I've, I've been going to goggles since two thousand six. It really is a celebration of sport. It's a celebration of of everyone who has performed well, people we love, and and. Mike's always kind to bring folks from, from back in the day. So you get to see old faces and you get to see them interact in a way that's not chlorinated. And oftentimes funny things can happen. Do you have any, any funny stories that you can share from past goggles maybe happen behind the scenes? Oh man. Um, yeah. I have one of the biggest bonehead moves I've ever done in my job. Oh um, nine, 2009, we're at the Beverly Hilton. And um, Misty Hyman is presenting. And uh, and uh, they were delayed in getting over to the spot where they needed to be to go on stage. They were staged, they were kind of hanging out in the green room and they needed to be over on stage right, which was, you know, And uh, all of a sudden, I realized I'm standing there on on a, on a different side of the stage, and I realized, oh my God, Dan Hicks is back. He was hosting. Dan Hicks is back up, starting off. He's he's about to go into his introduction of of Misty and the and the box, the Olympic boxer. And so, and then I realized, oh my gosh, they're still in the green room. They don't know to get on the other side of the stage. So I I, I dropped all my stuff and I went running and I grabbed them both and, and pushed them out uh, around to the to the proper side and they push them out onto the stage. And, and uh, what I neglected to do is give them the card with the winner. So as they're saying, and the winner is, they're looking at each other the whole time. And, and I'm realizing I have left the card on the other side of the stage in the most stupid move. Um, fortunately, fortunately, the name was on the award and the award, the person that was sort of our award person was, was who held the award and handed hand it to the presenters looked down and said, Oh, the name's on here. And that's when she walked out on stage and she just held it up for them. And they read the name of the winner off, off the award. I think it was Whitney Myers, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was 2006 for sure in the 200 IM, uh, great 200 IM swim she had at the Panpax up in, in Victoria. So 
you know, lots of bonehead moves I've done, but that was, that was a big one. It's, um, but it's always seems like there's, there's mistakes. There's little things that happen that are, that are spontaneous and organic. It seems like those are the moments that I remember and enjoy. Uh, those are the most fun. Those are the most you fun. Enjoy, you enjoy them now, but not when they are actually happening. Um, and, and by the way, when you put on a show like Golden Goggles, you're always at risk of offending people. Um, that happens. It's happened, unfortunately, over the years. I apologize to anybody that's been offended. But, you know, when people say things, it's a live show. It, things happen. And so you hope that doesn't happen. But sometimes it does. Who was the SNL host? Who was the, who was, do you remember the SNL host? Saturday Night Live. Um, oh, we've ever had somebody from Saturday Night Live on the show. Yeah, we have. He did, the, he, he, was, he did the weekend update for Saturday Night Live. And he was our host one year. Oh, Kevin Nealon. Kevin yeah. Nealon. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Nealon. And Kevin Nealon was as, uh, I mean, I was convinced that he understood swimming intimately. And then when he didn't, he's like, look, what's swimming? What do you expect? But it seemed to me like he had a cocktail in hand the entire time and was very concerned about getting his, like he walked out to the table, ate his meal and came back up and said, all right, let's start. Let's do this again. He was, this guy looked like standing up there with a microphone and his cocktail. He looked like it was a comfortable sock for him. He was, he was he was great. He took the golden the, the second time he hosted. He took the golden goggles and he held them up to. He said, "Can you take a picture of me?" Like with the, and and um, uh, he put his face right into the golden goggles. By the way, Kobe Bryant did the exact same thing. They took the goggles and held them up to their face. Um, by the way, that was the that was probably one of the coolest moments was having Kobe there presenting with Michael Phelps back in 2017. Um, and then. And then Kobe's connection came back to us two or three more times over the last couple of years. And so sad, so sad with his death, but uh, his connection to swimming, he loved it. Uh, and he just had a book that just came out about swimming. Yeah, that's true. And it's a star studded affair and I don't want to get political, but we got to bring up the fact that Donald Trump did present with Gary Hall Jr. Uh, the, the award in 2008, if I remember correctly. That was 12. That was 12. It was 12. Okay. It was 12. It was 12. Yeah. So he came, so the president came in 2008 uh, and presented with Don Scholander. And they, pre- they both presented to Michael Phelps uh, after he had a great, great run of eight, eight gold medals in, in Beijing. And that, that, uh, that was interesting. Uh, 2012, um, he came and uh, presented with Gary. I think Gary had a vote for Pedro. Uh, or <laughs> he had some Napoleon Dynamite shirt on, I think, uh, and a pork pie hat. Gary was wearing a t-shirt with a tie around his neck and a blazer. And I, most folks are wearing a, a, a black tie. Yeah. It was very, love, it was, love, love Gary. <laughs> I just, he has always, always been entertaining and great for the sport. And, and, and Gary's an interesting personality, but we should say this, Gary, uh, Gary designs these leather belts, makes leather belts and provides them for the silent auction. And they apparently make a lot of money. We raised a lot of money for the foundation. So Gary, Gary's got a pretty big heart and because it takes time to create that. No, he's been doing them for years. They're phenomenal. They're always a great seller, as you said. So yeah, that's been, um, yeah, nobody knows that, right? But, but he's, what a great craftsman he is. So it's a, in, ter- in terms of like, Mike and I are talking in a very intimate way about goggles. And it's, it's one of these things where if you, if, if you wanted to go to a swimming VIP event, it feels like the Golden Globes for swimming. I really loved it when it was at uh, when it was at the Hilton. Yeah, and I, and I do. I do love the Marriott too. But it's always been it, it, the, in terms of the presentation stage. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of razzle dazzle and and glitz and it's um there there have been years that have been better years but it seems like year over year there's always an improvement and uh so if you if, if you, this would be a great opportunity if you haven't experienced it to watch the stream november 19th 8 p.m eastern standard time uh, you know next year so so the, the this was supposed to be the olympic year golden goggles but next year we decided we're changing things up. We're going to Miami Beach next year. We're going to be at the Faena Hotel, um, uh, which is uh, uh, owned by, uh, by our, our great friend Alex Blavatnik and his family. And it's uh, just a fantastic property, one of the greatest, greatest place, hotels in America, really. Uh, Art Deco Hotel, just gorgeous in Miami Beach. And, and we could only have 500 people there next year. Well, 500 people in a post-Olympic year Golden Goggles is typically fine but it's going to be an Olympic year golden goggles. So that's going to be a tougher ticket, we think next year, which is, you know, can be a good thing. Um, but one thing you said, Mel, about trying to make this event better each year, we always had the mindset of having it to be a vertical event. Every, something has to change every single year because you don't want to come back to the same thing and just the same old, same old. We don't want that. Something has to change. You know, a few years back, we, we introduced the silent auction. Then we had a live auction and we've had, all kinds of all types of entertainment um, from Bruce Hornsby back in 2004 to Andrew Day in 2015 um, to Jim Gaffigan in 2012. Um, so we've had a lot of fun entertainment as part of the show too. Meeting Andrew Day. Uh, I just want, I just want everyone to know I'm a huge fan and I introduced her to Missy Franklin. She, she comes, she, she, she tapped me on the shoulder. She goes, I want to meet her. So it's, it's moments like that that are cool. And, that, and, and it, it, you, it's, it, I know it's a lot of work. When do you start working on goggles? How, 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 <laughs> at what point do you start the preparation? Uh, we're starting probably in the April, March, April, May timeframe, not six months out or so. We already at that point should have an MC in mind and entertainment in mind. And, and uh, we go through lots of, we get told no by lots of people. Um, but you have to try. And we're on a limited budget, and it's a fundraising event, and it really is an event about honoring our national team. That's the core of it. Eddie Reese said to me a number of years ago, "If when you stop when you stop the focus, uh, if you t if you take the focus off the national team, the event's it's not going to be the same event. So keep those athletes coming back." And uh, I remember Jessica Hardy said one time, uh, "I absolutely love this event. If I'm on the national team, I'm coming to that event." And that's, uh, we hope that all the national team athletes view it that way. We know it's a drag for some of them to come, but you know, how many times do you get to go, you know, for a couple, three days on a little vacation, little vacation, they can still train and to celebrate with their teammates. That's a pretty, pretty fun experience. It, it isn't, this experience isn't, it isn't like this for you, but I can tell you it's like this for everybody that tends. It's uh, it's when you, you know, one year I saw Jessica Hardy. And I, and I walked up to her and I, and I was launched into like three things that was, go, that were, that was going on business-wise, the business of swim. And she said, Mel, stop. How are you doing? How, what are you drinking? What's your cocktail? How's your wife? And I was just like, oh, I'm such an ass. <laughs> and, and I stopped and I'm like, I'm so sorry. How are you, Jessica? Yeah. But it, it really is a, it is a nice catch-up celebration, low-key time with lots of entertainment. Guys, uh, November 19th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in, usaswimming.org. 
Mike, we've got about uh, 10 to 12 minutes left, and I, and I know you're busy. I don't want to hold you, but it's, I did want to ask, is it, you know, this has been a challenging year. This has been a depressing year. It's been a year probably of learning and making improvements because we've been put in a stress position. What, is, there, is there something you can share with us to give us some insight into what's been going on up in Colorado Springs? Well, um, it has been an interesting year, and, uh, and all those emotions – uh, you, you go that roller coaster of emotions on a given week, sometimes in a given day. Um, and I know people are there could be zoomed out at the end of the day. Um, but we, we're at, we're in it for really, we want to make the best opportunity possible for athletes and coaches in the sport of swimming. And we want to help them as much as possible. Um, we have to think about that every single day. And, um, when a coach calls and they're having a bad day and they want to crab about some situation that, that's, that's hit them and it's affecting their livelihood and their passion, you need to be there for them and listen to them and, and keep your ears open. Uh, I have to do that. I have to remind myself, stop talking younger um, because I do that too much, but those are really important things. And, and, you know, we, we went through a very, very weird time for about a month and a half in the, from March 12th or 13th on, where we didn't know what was going to happen next. And we still don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we're just doing our best. And, and um, I, I've said this to you before, but you try, you try to stay two or three steps ahead of everyone. If, if you're the national governing body, you're trying to stay ahead and be informed and, and, and lead that way. When you're only like at the same step as everyone else, or maybe even a little behind them, or just a half step in front of them, it makes it very hard. Yeah, it is. It is hard. The um, but there have been moments. There, there have been glimpses of hope and glimpses of uh, of of just an understanding of how resilient swimming is. And a good example is Claire Corzon. Is that correct, Claire? Corzon. Corzon. Corzon, North Carolina. Uh, and, I, and I'll share it from my perspective. And I and and I don't think I'm I'm really I don't think I'm 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 hurting anyone's trust when I do this. But I heard I've, I've I have a relationship now with her with her dad. Who's he's a great guy, swimming official, and uh, he's like you know she she so she, in June she breaks the national age group record. And he's like, hey, do you think they'll ever they'll 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 confirm this record at USC Swimming? So I call you, and your response to me was, we're trying to find someone on on a committee to confirm it. Yes. And they were, what, what was the story behind that? Well, uh, we would have to go to our um, rules committee to, and Clark, Clark Hammond, uh, who was on vacation, I think, during this time, or was not home or was, had no cell service. I can't remember what, what happened. Um, maybe all of that. Um, but, and so we had to get approval from him for the record to stand because we were back and times could count but they couldn't. They could only count for certain things, and a national age group record fell into that. That it could count. So it took us a few days, or maybe even a week or so, to kind of get that figured out. But yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. You get you're asked questions like that all the time. You're like, "There's no precedence on this. What are you supposed to do?" So, you know, it's it's a yeah. That keeps the job fun and interesting for sure. It, it was a moment where it's like we really need this. This needs to be confirmed, and and it was clear that on on your side of the fence that you all wanted to con- make sure this was confirmed. But you had to follow the protocol, you had to follow the process. But uh, 
you know, we're, we're heading into the fall. Excuse me. We're in the fall and we're heading into U.S. Open. And U.S. Open sounds like it's a lot to manage. And uh, so what's happening with U.S. Open and explain the reason why it's broken into so many cities and what, what we can expect. Yeah, that's uh, you're right. The Toyota U.S. Open uh, is, is it was supposed to be in early December. It's been moved up a couple of weeks. So it's going to be uh, November 12th to 14th. And uh, nine cities versus one city. We're supposed to be in Georgia, Georgia Tech, but being on college campuses is a real challenge. Um, and so that's that has sort of been, that, that idea has been pushed aside. Uh, we're trying to find sites that are not on college campuses. That's also around the country is pretty, pretty challenging. Uh, we knew that there were are restrictions in 50 states. So how many people can be on the pool deck at the same time? We said, let's just break it apart. Um, let's try to have people not fly if they possibly can. And maybe they can, they'll drive and or maybe they can stay at home depending on where the competition might be or how, how far away they live. So we ended up with nine sites. We tried to splinter that around the country and move it geographically so that we would have some balance. Um, we then, uh, Greg Troy had a great idea. I think it was Coach Troy's idea to split the genders so that we could have as full a field as possible. Because if, 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 if a site only said you could have 95 people, well, and we had 95, then you know, you've got 47 men and 48 women. Well, now we can have 95 women and 95 men. And so we've done that. Um, uh, uh, we're dealing with nine different venues, nine different meet directors and head referees. And we're dealing with nine different municipalities and states and counties and health, health restrictions. Uh, we are also dealing with a broadcast component, which uh, web, webcasting is one, but the broadcast component's the other, and that's an important part of the, of the show. And so we're going to host uh, our good friend Peter Lasser is orchestrating us, but hosting in Greensboro will be sort of a course site where the broadcast will, will emanate from, and then we'll have other sites. Actually, I think all nine sites are doing webcasts, if I'm not mistaken, and I, that's the plan. And um, uh, our good friend Chris Lundy and Take It Live will be, will be out in a couple of spots as well. I believe he's in Indianapolis and Irvine. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a, a run on the swim meet is not run on the swim meet anymore. It's so different. And um, we just checked some numbers. I think we were at about, about 1,200 athletes overall with the nine sites. And most places could have between about 65 or 70 athletes up to about 110 or 20 athletes per session. So, yeah, it's different now. So different, but you know we're we're making the best of it, and um, it we've said it's hard to make things perfect right now. We're trying to make them really good, and that's still a big challenge. If you're if you're a kid out there and you've made Olympic trials, um, I think that let me, let me just say this: there's an elephant in the room, and it's it's something a lot of people talk about, especially on at swim swim because it's very much so swim nerd, and people like to geek out on certain data. But trials is massive. And in the past, it's been massive. And, and I understand why. I understand that if you're a kid and you're in a far-flung city in a state and you make Olympic trials, that hometown paper writes about their athlete going to trials. And it's probably the single best marketing piece that our sport gets in a, in a quad. I think that's accurate. And it's, um, but I don't know that next year it's going to be that way. Is it, is it, uh, if, if I made trial cut this past year, you know, what, what does it mean going forward? Uh, I wish I could answer your question clearly. Um, I will answer it by probably stepping around the question, but not on purpose. 
again, I go back to the facts, right? I want to give you facts. Um, we have 1,227 athletes, uh, found that out today, qualified. They're about 50-50 breakdown between men and women. Uh, right now, the men are a few more than women. Um, it's about, as I remember, about 2,500 splashes. So about two, two swims per, per athlete. Um, the standards are still there right now. And uh, we would love to have an Olympic trials with 1,200 athletes at it or, or even more. Uh, we just don't know if that's possible right now. We have planned for Olympic trials, and, and I call it the 180 now, from, you know, from one side to the other, of a full Olympic trials with no challenges at all. It just is a great, what we've done in the past, no issues, to no Olympic trials. I mean, that's, everything is on the table here. And we know that we believe everything we've heard from the IOC and Tokyo organizers that the games will go on in Tokyo. So we need to pick an Olympic team. We are going full board. I have a trials in Omaha. Uh, had a call with the, with the venue a couple days ago and uh, actually uh, late, late last week. And um, you know, the venue wants us. Everybody, everybody wants us back in Omaha, which is great. But we just don't know right now what will happen and how many people can be there and whether um, you know, the, the governor and the, and the county health department will all uh, factor into this, our decision-making process. And uh, really interesting sidelight here is we build two pools in Omaha, two Mirtha pools in Omaha. And guess who would like to know if we're having a trials in Omaha? Mirtha, because they're building those pools and they'd like to know, hey, is the timeline still the same timeline? And, and are they being delivered to the, to the CHI Health Center in Omaha? And like, there's all these factors in there. Um, we also dealt with hotels and ticket sales. We had six months of ticket refunds. Super cool news. We had 11% return as for refund. 89% of the people who had bought tickets kept their tickets. Is that sensational? You bet. You bet. Makes you give, have faith in the swimming audience and the swimming fans out there. So... Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of uncertainty right now. I wish that crystal ball was clearer, more clear. Uh, but it's it's hard right now, uh, sitting here today to to give you straight answers on this. But uh, know full well that we're going to have methodical and thorough uh, evaluation and and responses as we move forward. Um, we're down to just a couple minutes, and it's uh, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. But I, we we have been checking with USOPC and the IOC. We we press our our contacts. And um, I don't know how much you can share, but I was told uh, from several sources that it's, uh, you know, we're going to have, you know, we're going to, we're going to have an Olympics. And I'm like, convince me. And the, and the response was that it's, it's likely going to be Japanese fans only. There might be fewer sports, but at the end of the day, the, the IOC needs to have the revenue from the rights from the show. And that's the motivating factor. And there can't be a hole in that quad budget. And uh, so highly motivated, and uh, there is an economic component that, that, can, that can help assure that. Uh, I, I don't know if you can comment on that. Um, I can't really. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've been hearing the same type things that they're, they're going to have an Olympic Games. I mean, I, I read the, you know, the, all, all the Olympic regs uh, that are out there. Uh, and being an Olympophile, I'm, I'm, I love it. But I don't, I don't know anymore. Um, you know, I mean, that's it, right? Uh, we, 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 know, we know we have two oxymorons. We love to say this, oxymorons. We have two, we have a five-year quad and a three-year quad, uh, which, you know, are, are so strange, right? 
Um, and that's what we're going to have to deal with. And, um, you know, this is, th- these are going to link together very, very closely. And then, of course, after, after Tokyo in 21, we go right back to Fukuoka for the World Champs in 22, and then a World Champs in 23, and then Olympics in 24. It's going to be a whirlwind of four years uh, as we get moving through that. Mike, do you have any parting thoughts? I, I wish I had five hours with you, but I don't. Uh, Mel, um, we've had a long, long time to get, we've been friends. I love it. Um, I have great respect for you. I've gotten to watch a few of your, of your, your podcasts and have enjoyed them. And uh, I'm honored to be on today. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.